If you feel that life is just getting you more than you can handle, please realize that you are not alone. Welcome to Abba Daddy House Girls Speak Out with your hosts, the founders of Abba Daddy House, Myrna Thatcher and Annette Smith. We're here to listen and provide help for you and others. At last, you have a place to speak out and be heard. Now, here are your hosts, Annette and Myrna. Hi, everyone. It's Friday. It's it's fluttering Friday. Yeah, it is. Are you it's fluttering? I know. These butterflies fluttering. are like fluttering around us. Yeah. Isn't that awesome? My favorite thing in the whole world. I thought I was your favorite thing in the whole world. You're second to butterflies. Second to a butterfly? Yeah, especially a monarch butterfly. Second to My a monarch. heart flutters when I see monarchs. Oh, Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Can you hear me now? Yeah. <laughs> there we go. All right. I'm Myrna. I'm Annette. And this is Fluttering Friday. Yeah. Especially the butterflies behind us. Yeah. My favorite thing in the whole I world. I know. You said that, and, and, and I thought I was your favorite thing. So, mm, second to butterflies. Second to butterflies. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'll see what I can do to get up to the top. Uh, yeah. Probably can't, can I? I know. Yeah. So, hey. This is numbers. We have numbers today. Oh, we do. We have numbers. And I'm pretty awesome excited numbers. about these numbers because as I was going through them last night, whoa. I know. Live regional, of course. Of course. Richardson, Texas. You're still on top. Yeah, they love us. They do. And we love them. Yes, we do. We don't even know who you are, but we love you. you well, are. I know who they are. Who are they? God created humans. He created butterflies, too. I know, and I love them, too. All right, Richardson, Texas, you're still number one. San Diego, California, you're back at number two. Phoenix, ha, ah, you're holding number three. And we have St. Louis, Missouri, and they're new. I know. We have lots of new ones. We have lots of new ones. We do. And live regional, let me see. There is a, oh, I hope I don't, I hate to mispronounce words, but Cupertino? I don't know, California. I got to tell you something. What? One of the new ones is is out where my mom was born from, Finland. I know. That's on demand, but we're talking about live. I know, but still. You're just too excited, aren't you? I know. I, I, I need to mention some Laramie, Wyoming. That's new on live. Greenwood Village, Colorado is new. And as far as the world, China Langkai, or however I pronounce it, L-A-N-X-I, you are number one, and you're actually growing in numbers. Yeah. You go, China. And Colorado's new, and it's live. Yeah, on demand. All right, now you can brag. Okay, Finland. Finland. My mom was born and raised in Finland, and, and they're new. And there's a new one, and oh, my goodness, I can't, um, Helsinki, that oh. is, is new. Yeah. Helsinki. Oh, yeah. That's okay. where my mom, that's the areas my mom came Really? From. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. On demand number one, San Francisco, California, Mountain View. I just wonder if one of my mom's sisters or my uncles or somebody's listening. If Would they, they know are, who you are? I want to say hi. <laughs> yeah, I'm Annette Grimsley. My okay. mom was uh, Ellerine Rochelle Pearl Teibelmaw. Okay. We won't ask you to spell that. Well, don't have that much time on the and show. If, and if somebody's <laughs> listening that's related to me, write in. Oh, that or would be call neat. in. That would be neat. Yeah. I'd okay. love to talk to you. Mountain View, California, you're you're holding your second Richardson, you're holding a third on demand. We have new people, quite a few new people from Los Angeles. Los Angeles is a new since May. Um, Bakersfield, California is a new since May. Cloquet, 
Minnesota. I think that's how you say it. If not, sorry. Um, okay, this is my pitch for relatives. Slidell, Louisiana is new since May. Hi, Aunt Karen, Uncle Tracy, Jana, Kevin, and Diane. That's all I know in Slidell. So thanks for listening on demand. Um, Twin Falls, Idaho. Yay. Yay. I mean, there's just like 16 new, 16 new areas in the United States. There are four new areas in the world that are listening to us. And you know what? There's 1,016 on-demand USA yes. people, and there's nine, 192 live USA. Yeah. That's right. One of the things that I think is awesome, too, is that Istanbul, because I've been there, we have Istanbul is now added to our numbers. I know. That's pretty neat. We're so, going all over the world. In Morocco. Whoa. So mm -hmm. thank you for listening. Thank you for spreading the word. And the numbers are rising and we appreciate that. Thank you. That's very yes. encouraging. Very, very yes. encouraging. So keep those numbers. We'll talk to you next month about July's numbers, but those are pretty exciting. I oh, know it's exciting. I like I like new listeners. Do you like new listeners? Yes. I like what you say. Do you like, do you like <laughs> new listeners? No, just water. We also are going to have our show today about my favorite thing, butterflies. And we have the director of education at Butterflies on the Wonderland at, in Scottsdale, Arizona. Adrian's here to talk to us about that. Welcome, Adrian. Well, hello. Can you hear me? Yes, we yes. can. Thank well, you. Thank, thank you for having me on and, and allowing me to talk about something that I love, which is butterflies as well. Cool. I guess we got something in common, don't we? We do. A lot of we people just, love butterflies. We loved it when we visited um, Butterfly Wonderland. That was awesome. Yes, I still got my hundreds and hundreds of pictures. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, our butterflies are very photogenic, and uh, they take great photos. <laughs> yes, they do. So what can someone experience? I know what we experienced, but just um, tell us what, as you walk in, what do you experience sure. at, at the Wonderland? Well, we are the largest butterfly conservatory in the United States. Uh, we have 60 to 70 different species of butterflies, uh, and they're very photogenic. They love to be uh, ca camera hogs uh, and they have to be photographed. Um, when people come in to visit Butterfly Wonderland, we're located in Scottsdale, Arizona, uh, you are able to see a 14-minute 3D movie on the monarch migration, and we're going to talk more about monarchs, but it's an amazing movie. Uh, mm -hmm. The movie uh, won five film awards, um, and then you'll head into our Chrysalis Emergence Gallery where you'll get to see uh, tropical butterflies emerge from their cocoons and uh, moths for cocoons and chrysalises for butterflies. And then you'll go into our rainforest um, glass-enclosed, 10,000-square-foot glass-enclosed conservatory. If you wear bright colors, the butterflies will land on you, which I think some of them landed on you when you visited. Yeah. And then we have our rainforest reptiles. We have uh, reptiles and amphibians, snakes, frogs, and chameleons, and all kinds of creepy, crawly things. And then we have also uh, two live uh, bee hives that people can experience and see. Uh, they're in glass enclosures, so everybody's safe, but uh, it's uh, amazing to watch the bees do what they do best. And then we also have um, spineless giants, some of our large uh, creepy crawly things. And then finally, tropical waters. We have seven exhibits with fish from the Amazon. 
Um, so it's it's about an hour and a half to two hour visit, but it's, oh, yeah. it's an amazing thing. Uh, if you love butterflies, definitely want to put that on your list to come and visit. I think I remember it wasn't there a part where. This might be more for kids because we didn't try edible something or another. Yes. Yeah. We yeah. have one of the very few uh, bug vending machines. Yes. That has, <laughs> that instead of uh, Doritos, we have Bugitos and yep. Coconut Brittle. Uh, we have, um, instead of chips, we have chirps that is uh, very popular with our guests. We have different flavored chips that are cheddar cheese flavored. We have sriracha and barbecue chips that have 40 ground up crickets in each bag mm. with mixed in with the flour to make the chips. And it's a very high protein. It's got five grams of protein in each uh, bag. And it's a great uh, protein source. And so uh, you can also have um, bacon and cheese uh, covered crickets and uh, barbecue flavored mealworms. You know, who doesn't love bacon and cheese? Come on. Oh, hey, yeah, right. I love the bacon and cheese, but I think I'll let the mealworms go. <laughs> <laughs> it almost sounds like fear factor. <laughs> But no, tastier. Sure. <laughs> we but have taste- a, we have an education cart that we set out on the weekends, and it's called the Insect Taste Test Challenge. And people can come by and try it before they buy it. And uh-huh. uh, it is just it's a lot of uh, fun. It's educational, um, and people get to conquer their fear of bugs. And it really it doesn't taste anything different than like a barbecue chip or a, a you know a Cheeto. Uh, but it's got some great protein, and it's. Um, it's an amazing product, and it helps our uh, Butterfly Wonderland Foundation, which is our 5013C that we right. have here at Butterfly Wonderland. Okay, Adrian, to get to know you real well, how many of those bugs have you ate? <laughs> <laughs> well, my favorite, I will tell you, is the coconut brittle. Um, it's, it's just um, uh, wonderful to taste, but just don't look at it when you eat it because it's got <laughs> oh. a, a full mealworm in it. Um, so just that's, that's usually my suggestion is uh, the coconut brittle. Okay. <laughs> well, we didn't try any of that when we were there. No, we didn't. We no, didn't I don't think I machine. would have either. No. <laughs> Describe what your position entitles. Entails. Entails. So yeah. um, I am the director of education at Butterfly Wonderland. So um, I am in charge of uh, eight education specialists that we have here at Butterfly Wonderland. Throughout our, throughout our building, we have education carts that guide people along uh, the tour here. It's usually an hour and a half to two-hour tour. And they educate people about butterflies and, and moths, what the differences are, um, you know, how many butterflies we have in, in Arizona. Um, we talk about um, the, the, the issues that they're facing, particularly monarchs, which we're going to talk about a little bit uh, mm-hmm. later. But um, I'm also in charge of the educational programming. So we do uh, special events here. Uh, we do Right now we have our special exhibit going on of the 50th birthday of the Very Hungry Caterpillar. So we're educating people about caterpillars. We have live caterpillars here. Um, so it's, it's great to edumacate people. Um, I worked at a school for a number of years, and it's just something that you can't take the teacher out of you. Uh, right. And it's it's uh, a wonderful job. I get to work amongst the butterflies, and uh, I love my job. So what's your educational background then? You said you were a teacher, so... Yeah, well, my degree um, is actually in journalism. Um, I oh, worked wow. In the newspaper, <laughs> yeah, I worked in the newspaper field for 10 years. I was covering um, education, 
and so I was also worked at a school, uh, worked as a three-year-old preschool teacher and then later as an assistant director at a school for about seven years. Um, but I have loved butterflies since I was a child. So growing up in California, I raised caterpillars and uh, watched them turn into butterflies and, you know, tried to find names for all of those butterflies, which was very difficult as an eight-year-old. Um, and I just, as I grew up, I just, that, just that passion that I had for butterflies continued. Um, as an adult, I went on a field trip with one of uh, the local authors here, uh, Jim Brock, who's written a number of books on butterflies. And he put it together for me that when we see butterflies, we see a survivor. And, you know, mm. butterflies are just really special. And so I've just had that passion. So when this position came available as director of education, um, it was just a perfect fit. I've loved butterflies, and I just have a dream job. I get to work with butterflies, and uh, and they be, they sometimes misbehave. I sometimes have to put them in timeout, um, and uh, <laughs> so it's kind of funny. Uh, they sometimes we have our entrance vestibule that we have people go through, and then as you go right. through the exit vestibule, you have to check and make sure there's no butterfly hitchhikers. Yeah, and, right. Uh, sometimes they try to escape and go shopping in Scottsdale, and and we just can't have that. So, no. uh, so sometimes we have to put them in timeout. But um, no, it's it's uh, it's a pleasure uh, to to be here at Butterfly Wonderland and to educate people on a daily basis uh, about the wonders of butterflies. You know, I watched the 3D movie. Oh yeah, that, that was awesome. there, and I mean, you couldn't tell you was in a movie because mm-hmm. it seemed like they would fly right over your head mm-hmm. and land on you. I thought that was so awesome. That's the first time I'd ever seen a 3D movie. Mm-hmm. But ours is the ours is the best. It really it is. is. Um, it's it is good. Minutes of a 3D movie. And um, the original movie, which is a 45-minute movie of The Flight of the Butterflies, won five film awards. And we have just the 14 minutes of, a, of the story of Dana, the monarch butterfly. Mm-hmm. Um, we have people that literally come out of that movie and want to go plant a milkweed garden. They're so moved by the movie. And um, when they, when, you know, in the media, you might have learned more about, um, you know, the monarch's decline. Uh, you know, they've, they've declined 90% in 20 years. Um, so there's a lot of um, things that need to be done to try to, to help the monarch. But the movie is, is really amazing. It's one of our highlights when you come in on a tour. It's the, one of the first things that you see when you come through is uh, the, the Flight of the Butterflies movie. It's amazing. Yeah, it is, it is. totally awesome. Yeah, and I didn't get sick to my stomach, and usually I do, so that yeah. was pretty neat. Yeah, it's not bad. You have butterflies flying in front of you, and yeah. you, I, I've actually been to Mexico uh, twice, uh, and this movie is the closest that people uh, will get to what that experience is like uh, in, the, in the movie. Mm-hmm. I loved it. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. So how, how many visitors does the um, Wonderland have on an average every year? How many visitors? Uh-huh. Uh, we yeah. have uh, close to 300,000 people come through. Wow. Uh, from all over the world. We have a guest book where people sign, and it's just amazing to see how far people come. Uh, you know, and they love butterflies. Butterflies are so universal. Right. You know, they represent so many things. Uh, they're spiritual, renewal. They're, they're beautiful. They have a special meaning for people. And uh, so we, we, re- we see a lot of people every year come through. Um, and they get to uh, experience our butterflies here. Well, what different countries, you say different countries, that would be interesting. What, is there any country in, 
that's kind of have stuck in your in the back of your mind as to what the meaning of a butterfly is? Well, um, Costa Rica is is kind of the, one of our main areas that we receive our butterflies. We have butterfly farmers in Costa Rica, Malaysia, Thailand, Africa, the Philippines, and there's butterfly wow. farmers there that harvest their their chrysalises every week, and then they literally harvest them like a crop, and then they ship them to a place that inspects them and then reships them out to all the different butterfly educational facilities across the country. So we're the largest in the whole United States here in Scottsdale, Arizona. Um, So Butterfly Wonderland receives 1,500 chrysalises a week from butterfly farmers from all over the world. So FedEx delivers our, our chrysalises, which is amazing when you think about it, and then our staff have to hand sort and hand um, glue the chrysalises onto our board that we have. It doesn't hurt the chrysalises. It's very time sensitive and temperature sensitive. Um, and so they have to literally emerge just two to three days later after they arrive here. So it's very time sensitive wow. and, and temperature sensitive. So once those butterflies emerge, um, they dry their wings and they join the other butterflies out in the conservatory. So all the butterflies that people see out in the conservatory all came from this emergence uh, area, which is kind of like a nursery, if you think of it. Um, all the butterflies that people see in the chrysalis emergence were all born that day. And so it's their mm-hmm. birthday. So you can mm-hmm. come and celebrate their birthday with the butterflies. Right, because that was cool. neat when, when we were there that they released new butterflies that were just Yes, born. we have whimsical wings on uh, Monday through mm-hmm. Wednesday for, at one thirty, where we release butterflies that are brand new. They mm-hmm. just dried their wings, and we're going to release them out in the conservatory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Can you grow butterflies in, in your room or in your house? Well, we recommend, and this is where, uh, you know, it's so important to help bring the monarch back and to bring just pollinators back into our, our right. neighborhoods and our yards. Um, people can build their own, plant their own butterfly garden, um, and that can help bring back the pollinators, such as the bees, the butterflies, the hummingbirds, the right. ants, and just plant that butterfly garden. And it's amazing. My motto is, if you plant it, they will come. Mm-hmm. Butterflies, um, we have 28,000 butterflies in the world, different species in the world. Wow. We, ha- we have 800 species in North America. And here, just locally in Arizona, we have 334. We're second next to Texas with how many butterfly species we have. So yeah. we want to so- increase those numbers of butterflies, and people can plant a garden and it helps a lot of different pollinators, not just butterflies. Right. We're going to go to break, and we'll continue to talk about that when we get back. Yeah, butterfly garden. Yeah. Sure. All right. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Look for Annette and Myrna's book, Turning the Curse into a Blessing a testimony of God's healing power. The book elucidates the journey of how Annette Smith gained healing from living as a child and other people. The book is available through Amazon.com in both paperback and Kindle formats. Anyone who is looking for guidance from God and feeling that life is hopeless should read this book, Turning the Curse into a Blessing, a testimony of God's healing power. Find it today. Abba Daddy House Incorporated was founded by Myrna Thatcher and Annette Smith. 
We provide pro bono counseling for those caught in the insurance gap. We also provide basic needs for those who have great difficulty making it from one month to the next. Donations for expanding our business are always appreciated. Remember Philippians 4, verse 3. Yes, and I ask you, my true companion, help these women since they have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel. Visit AbbaDaddyHouse.org. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are listening to Abba Daddy Girls Speak Out. To reach our program today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to abadaddyhouse7 at gmail.com. Now, back to Myrna and Annette. Hello, everyone. We're back from break now, and we were talking to Adrian about butterfly gardens and how you can plant and grow them and the butterflies will come. And so back to Adrian on that. Let's okay. Go yeah, ahead, Adrian. It, it, you can plant a garden and have these butterflies come and visit. And it's amazing to watch and, and to enjoy in your backyard and in your community. Um, butterflies are specific for what plants that they'll lay their eggs on. The female butterflies will lay their eggs on only a specific plant. It can't be just any plant. So, for instance, for monarchs, it's the milkweed. So there's lots of different types of milkweed across each state, but so you need to check with your local nursery to find out what milkweed they have because it, uh, different elevations, different um, species of milkweed grow in different states, but... Um, if you have vegetable gardens, so if you have dill, parsley, fennel, carrots, celery, you could attract the black swallowtail butterfly. So it's very specific. Um, so we have brochures, and then there's um, edu- you know education out there on how to what plants to plant to attract those special butterflies to your yard. Well, you can also become a nursery for butterflies and be registered. Yeah. To be a nursery for a butterfly, I know because I checked in that myself, didn't I? <laughs> Yes, you did. Yeah, there's a National Wildlife, National Wildlife Federation has a um, certification program where you can have your community garden or uh, your own personal backyard be a uh, wildlife habitat. And you get a sign and you get a certificate. You have to have certain things in the garden um, that, that are providing for those butterflies and caterpillars and eggs and things. That's pretty neat. And I think that would be awesome to do. And I, I would just guess... That Adrian, you have you you have one of those in your yard. <laughs> you are. I don't know why I would guess that. Yes, yes. Um, I've attracted. I have a backyard that's about ten feet by about thirty feet uh, wide, or and so I've attracted about. I think I'm up to thirty two different species here locally. Wow. Um, and you can plant different plants and try different things. Butterflies taste with their feet. 
And so when they land on a plant, they're actually tasting it to see, ooh, is this my nectar plant that I get energy from, or is this my host plant that I'm going to lay eggs on? So butterflies uh, use their antenna for smelling, and they get to smell and check out which plants they might need for either nectar or host plants. So that's in a butterfly garden, you want both. You want a host plant that they'll lay their eggs on, and you'll have the whole life cycle, the egg, the caterpillar, the chrysalis, and the butterfly. And then you want nectar plants that give butterflies energy. Hmm. So what is the, the life cycle how, how, what's the life cycle of a butterfly? Well, it kind of depends. It's, it's very species-specific. But right. for butterflies in general, typically uh, they live about a month, just, not, wow. just a, about a month. It takes seven, five to seven days for the egg to emerge into a caterpillar, and then it's temperature-sensitive. So the warmer it is, kind of the faster it goes through the caterpillar stage. Uh, the job of the caterpillar is to eat. How many of you like to eat? I could be a caterpillar. I love to eat. Caterpillars grow 3,000 times their birth weight. So aren't you glad we don't do that? Wow. So caterpillars, there's smooth caterpillars. There's ones that have hair. There's um, Mm -hmm. ones that are spiked. There's ones that are um, uh, toxic. If a bird, lizard, or spider were to take a bite of it, it actually makes that bird, lizard, or spider sick. Um, And so it's a caterpillar for about 7 to 10 days. Then it decides to go into the chrysalis, and it's in the chrysalis for about 7 to 10 days, and depending upon weather. And then it emerges as a butterfly and then starts that whole process over again, trying to find a mate, pollinating. It's a very important pollinator. Um, so a butterfly could live, you know, uh, it takes maybe a month and a half to become a butterfly, and you only live a month. So you have a lot to do in that one month. Wow. But monar- monarchs are really special because the ones that migrate can live up to nine months. They turn off their mating urges. They bulk up on nectar. It's called diapause. They, they stop their mating. They um, hunker down in uh, the f- forests of Mexico, and they slow their systems down when they're at 10,000 feet elevation on the cusp of freezing in the forests of Mexico where they overwinter, and they can live up to nine months. The other monarchs that don't migrate, they only live a month because they're mating, they're using that energy, and they are traveling and so that causes them to use that energy and only live about a month. The butterflies that we have here at Butterfly Wonderland are tropical butterflies. They're not from Arizona. They are coming from all these different countries that I mentioned, and they can live up to 14 days. And so some of our butterflies are doing so great here because we have great conditions for them and we don't have predators uh, that they're living up to 30 days. Uh, we have at- atlas moths that are pretty amazing. They're the, one of the largest uh, moths in the mm-hmm. world. They have a wingspan of up to 12 inches. Um, they are only living five to seven days because they do not have a mouth part. They're living off of their reserves as a caterpillar. And they were oh, a caterpillar wow. for about six to eight weeks. And then some of the ones that we have here at Butterfly Wonderland are living up to 10 days. So it's really special when you think about it. When you see a butterfly, you are seeing a survivor. It has survived the egg stage, the caterpillar, the chrysalis, and now the butterfly. So it, it is when I see a butterfly when I'm out hiking um, or photographing butterflies, you know, they really are special. And, and people can bring them to, their, to your yard and help, uh, you know, bring those numbers back up for our pollinators. Maybe cool. that's why you like butterflies so well. Yeah, they don't have time to get stressed. 
<laughs> no, I'm saying because they're a survivor and so are you. They are. They are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but they have a good life. They don't have time to get stressed. <laughs> I, well, no, I guess yeah, not. I think their only stress is looking, you know, where can I find my host plants and where can I find exactly. You know, and watch out for that car. You know, you got to watch out yeah. for the getting. <laughs> yeah. And they probably don't even know about cars. They just fly in front of it and they're gone. <laughs> Right. I duck. I we were we were traveling, we were out looking at at waterfalls and these butterflies were out there and, and I have a thing with butterflies, I guess, because they, they like me. And this one was looking for water. So I told Larry, I said, I'm gonna give that butterfly water. And he goes, That butterfly be scared to death of you. I said, Butterflies are not afraid of me. So I went over and I got it to get on my hand and I poured water in the palm of my hand and it drank it. It was thirsty, out of my yeah. hand. Nice. And he goes, you talk to that butterfly? I said, of course I do. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it kept climbing up on my hand. So I gave it water. <laughs> then it went out in the road and a car came by. I said, get back here, butterfly. You're going to get hit. It flew right. back over by right. our yeah, car. Yeah, they do. They have to watch out for. So the predators of butterflies are birds, lizards, mm -hmm. spiders. Um, think about the velocity of a raindrop hitting the wing of a butterfly. Oh, so they I know. take cover when it's raining under fence yeah. posts or shrubs. Um, so, you know, even something as innocent as a wasp can lay an egg inside an egg, and that egg will never emerge into a caterpillar. Um, something as innocent as a sprinkler that shoots and goes, you know, can shoot a caterpillar off of its host plant. So, yeah, when we see a butterfly, it's amazing. It should be appreciated. All right, I have a question. At the at the um, Wonderland, there there were chickens. <laughs> Forgot to tell yes. about the chickens. Yeah, and they we they have, were picked on the wings of a butterfly. <laughs> right, we get a common question: Why do you have chickens? So we have two Sarama chickens. They're um, from Malaysia. They're bantam chickens, which means they're mm -hmm. smaller variety. We have mm -hmm. Daisy and Fern. We, and, and a lot of people go, oh my gosh, do they eat the butterflies? No, they do not eat the butterflies. Um, they do eat our pests that we have in the dirt. You know, we are a tropical okay. rainforest inside our conservatory. It is 80% humidity all the time. It's computer controlled. The misters come on. And it's yep. a rainforest environment. Um, it's about 79, 80 degrees in a glass-enclosed conservatory. Uh, and so the chickens help kind of control those pests that we might have. Uh, but they do not eat the butterflies. And then we also have a beautiful koi pond, and we have some birds mm -hmm. in there as well. We have uh, finches, waxbills, and canaries, and they are mm -hmm. seed feeders. They do not eat the butterflies. So the butterflies are safe. Well, okay. I see that the chicken picked on one of the butterfly wings. <laughs> Uh-oh. Maybe it yeah, didn't mean no, to. They're not, they're not supposed to, and they don't eat the butterflies. They are not. They're into, you know, into uh, the pests and the roly-polies and those other things that we might have in the conservatory. He needed to be put in timeout. She yes, puts the butterflies yeah. in timeout. She yeah. needs to put the chicken in. The chicken needs there to be put in timeout. There you That's go. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but I took a picture because my, my sister in Kansas raises chickens, so I took pictures of the chickens there. Cause I did scold the chicken. You did? Yes, Good, did. thank you. He was fighting with a butterfly. I thought it was time to be scolded. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have, there's some states here in the United States that have the monarch as their state insect. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, quite a, quite a few of, of the states. There, I think there's six them. of them. There's six of them. Alabama, Idaho, where we live, mm -hmm. which is awesome. Illinois, Minnesota, Texas, and Vermont. Vermont. Yeah. Vermont. 
as a monarch. And I thought yeah. it was in yeah. interesting. I don't know if it was on break or on the air, Adrian, when you said that that um, that Arizona has 334 different species in it there? Correct. Yeah, we are second next to Texas with how many species we have of butterflies. And the monarch is the one that, you know, is the only one in the U.S. that, that migrates to a specific destination. And so it, it does, it's, it's very... Uh, uh, it's special for people because it, it travels from uh, Canada down to Mexico. Uh, but in the, un- in the United Kingdom, they have the painted lady butterfly that is uh, known for its long migration, sometimes even longer than the monarch's migration, uh, in the U.K., and where they travel thousands and thousands of miles uh, in, in groups and clusters. So the monarch, you know, having the state butterfly in those states um, is helping with educating people about how to build mm-hmm. butterfly gardens and all of the, about the monarch. Here in Arizona, our state butterfly is the two-tailed swallowtail, mm-hmm. and it was voted on by our legislature in 2001 to be our state butterfly. Um, it's a very large butterfly. It's yellow, and it's got um, dots on it. That The reason the legislature voted on it was because it has the same colors as our state Arizona flag. So it's a beautiful butterfly. People can Google it, but it's called the uh, two-tailed swallowtail. But the monarch is the one that is everybody's favorite. It's my yep. favorite um, as well. It's mm-hmm. It's got such um, a personality to it when it flies. It kind of glides. It goes flap, flap, glide. Um, but just the, the journey it makes is why, for me, it's one of my favorite right. butterflies. So in um, 2014, President Obama signed a memorandum with... Um, the president of Mexico, and I think there was the minister, prime minister of Canada. Yeah, it was called. Yeah. yeah, it was called creating a federal strategy to promote the health of honeybees and other pollinators. How effective was has this been? This memorandum been? Well, you know. I, I've been studying butterflies for a long time, and I have seen since 2014 it's got more awareness. Um, I know Michelle Obama was more uh, information out there about building a pollinator garden and what are pollinators and how to help protect them. So there's been more awareness, more education since then. Um, And I think, you know, the numbers that people are hearing about the monarch, you know, declining 90% in 20 years. Um, you know, right. are we going to have monarchs around, uh, you know, 20 years from now? Um, and there's, you know, studies going on right now to determine why are, you know, why are they declining? Um, you know, there's loss of habitat for monarchs. Um, in Iowa alone, they've lost 80% of their habitat uh, due to ethanol demands. So because we need more ethanol, the monarch, the monarch milkweed that grows in the fields have, has, has disappeared. And so because of that, that loss of habitat has, has declined the monarch in that state. But because of that 2014 memorandum, there's been um, more awareness, more education. There's been states that are now creating monarch flyways to help plant milkweed along the areas that the monarchs are traveling when they go from Canada to Mexico. So those are all good things. Those are all good things. And you know, again, people can make their own impact in their cities and their communities and at their businesses. They can, if they have an area where they want to plant a butterfly garden, um, that's that's the best way that that you can help the monarch and the other pollinators is, um, you know, not use pesticides, uh, yeah. plant milkweed, and you know, plant uh, plants that attract bees and and butterflies and hummingbirds and all of that. 
And be careful with the Roundup. <laughs> Weed killers. Yeah, no pesticides. Yeah, it's yeah. there's just no way that that can exist with a butterfly garden. You just um, and it, it, it's a big issue, uh, and it's something that um, is just education, letting people know, um, you know, plant a butterfly garden. You know, no pesticides. Um, there's natural things out there that people can do. Uh, and the bees are declining as well. And so those are both two issues that, um, you know, how can we make those changes to make those numbers go up? You know, there's a lot of different um, issues out there, but I think if people can build a butterfly garden, that's something that they can do personally to help increase the numbers. Mm-hmm. And I think a butterfly garden would be awesome in everybody's yard. It would I mean, be, for sure. Butterflies are yeah, beautiful. And it's schools. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about schools. You know, schools yes. is a good a, idea. A, have the students help plant the plants, help water the plants, you know, do educational things about butterflies. Um, so, you know, that that's all good stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, we're going to go to break. And when we come back, I think I want to talk to Andrian about how they mark butterflies. I think Ooh, that would yeah, be absolutely. A, yeah, monarch yeah, tagging. Neat. We have a monarch tour coming up, hey, too, in Mexico. All right. Yeah, all we'll right. talk about Thanks. that when we come back from break. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Abba Daddy House Incorporated was founded by Myrna Thatcher and Annette Smith. We provide pro bono counseling for those caught in the insurance gap. We also provide basic needs for those who have great difficulty making it from one month to the next. Donations for expanding our business are always appreciated. Remember Philippians 4, verse 3. Yes, and I ask you, my true companion, help these women since they have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel. Visit AbbaDaddyHouse.org Look for Annette and Myrna's book, Turning the Curse into a Blessing, a Testimony of God's Healing Power. The book elucidates the journey of how Annette Smith gained healing from living as a child and other people. The book is available through Amazon.com in both paperback and Kindle formats. Anyone who is looking for guidance from God and feeling that life is hopeless should read this book, Turning the Curse into a Blessing, a Testimony of God's Healing Power. Find it today. You need to live up to your full potential. You've heard that for years, but now there's a channel to help you get there. Introducing the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Our listeners have told us that they want to be motivated, hear about success stories, and positive encouragement around the clock. And we've responded to you. The Voice America Empowerment Channel is the home of the world's top life coaches, entrepreneurs, and success experts. Listen to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's here at voiceamericaempowerment.com. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. You are listening to Abba Daddy Girls Speak Out. To reach our program today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to abadaddyhouse7 at gmail.com. Now, back to Myrna and Annette. We are back from break, and we're going to talk about tagging butterflies. I think first Adrienne wants to talk to us about her February trip 
to Mexico. Yes, if you have it on your bucket list to go to Mexico and actually see the overwintering monarchs where the trees are covered uh, with monarchs. We do here at Butterfly Wonderland have a travel tour coming up uh, in February of next year uh, to head down to Mexico. Uh, we're going to visit two of the overwintering sites. We're going to go to uh, just beautiful cathedrals, uh, glass-blowing factory, and it's a wonderful um, just a visit to see the monarchs up close. Um, the weight of a monarch is a fifth of a penny, and the monarchs cluster in the trees that you can't even see the trees, and as they fly, as the sun comes out, they fly, the branches actually lift. You can see that. Wow. Um, and then the monarchs can actually break branches based upon the weight, which is a great trivia question. You know, how many monarchs does it take to break a branch? A lot. <laughs> That'd be cool. <laughs> but, More um, than we can count. <laughs> yes, yeah. So it's just an amazing uh, trip, and it's a privilege to be able. I've gone down to Mexico twice now, and it's a privilege to be able to share this with other people that love butterflies, love the monarchs, and want to go see, you know, the actual um, overwintering sites down in Mexico. So uh, we have that trip planned for February. So what would it take to get into that trip? Uh, they can uh, contact Butterfly Wonderland or contact me. Uh, we have information on uh, that will be on our website, but also they can I can send them a flyer. Um, we have that trip planned for February 21st through the 27th uh, down in Mexico. Okay, you want to send us some of those flyers? <laughs> yeah, that we'll would hand be them fine. out. Yeah, I can do that. Yep. Yeah, that would be okay. great. That would be awesome. Okay, so tagging. Tag, you're it. Nope. Oh, I always fall. <laughs> okay, Andrian, tag Adrian, you're it. Adrian, you're it. How do we tag butterflies? So, so that's a popular question is uh, how do you tag a monarch? Well, you do so very carefully. Um, but we want to tag monarchs because we want to find out where they're going. So monarchs east of the Rockies are said to go down to Mexico. Monarchs west of the Rockies go to, along the coast of California. So the kind of the continental divide is, is what people believe, scientists mm-hmm. believe, researchers believe is that that's the divide. That would be. So monarchs east go to Mexico. They leave Canada in August by the sun's position and temperature, and they travel about 30, 50 miles a day, and they travel through all these states as they head south. And they arrive in Mexico by about November 1st-ish. Um, as they're traveling through those states, we try to tag them with a si- super sticky sticker. It doesn't impede their flight. It's super small. It has a, the sticker has an email address and a number on it. And so if people find that monarch in Mexico or California, they know how far it's traveled. We report those tagging sheets as we, as we tag monarchs here in Arizona. We turn in our tagging data. Um, people put it on the internet so that we can um, find out where we've tagged them. Um, I've tagged, I think I'm up to 3,000 monarchs that I've tagged since 2006. Gosh. And I've had, four recover- I've had four recoveries. Only four? Uh, wow. Which is pretty good for, yeah, for, <laughs> for me that's pretty good. Um, and so one was recovered in September. I tagged it in southern Arizona in September of 2014. They found it in Big Sur, California in February 2015, traveled over 700 miles. It was still alive. It was a female monarch. And somebody photographed it in the trees with that sticker on it. And so that's, you know, that person that found wow. it reported it. And so the other three recoveries um, were reported here in, um, I tagged them in Scottsdale 
and they were found in um, Carpinteria in Goleta, California, and traveled about 450 miles. Um, mm. So they're pretty amazing. But tagging, people always ask the question, how do you tag a monarch? Well, you catch it with a net very gently, and we actually have a tagging workshop going on here at Butterfly Wonderland down uh, September 15th down in southern Arizona, and I can send you information about that as well. But we're going to go and tag monarch butterflies here in Arizona. You catch them with a net, you put a super sticky sticker on it, you take a photo of it, and you let it go. You release it. And then if it goes to Mexico and Cal- or California and somebody spots it in a tree or maybe has somebody has a camera that has a super duper, you know, uh, lens on it, they might be able to find these butterflies uh, and then report that. So that is helping um, track those numbers. Uh, when I was in Mexico uh, just recently, just in February, the monarch butterfly population was up 144% at the Mexico wintering grounds. That is amazing. So, mm-hmm. we're, you know, it could be just a lot of different reasons why those numbers are higher this last, this year here uh, in February. Um, the numbers were down in, in California, um, and so the numbers were up in uh, Mexico. They kind of rebounded. Um, I think two couple two years ago, I think the numbers in Mexico they estimated, and it's just an estimate, sixty two to sixty five million monarchs were in Mexico uh, in the overwintering sites. There's twelve overwintering sites in Mexico along the coast of California. There's quite a few different uh, overwintering sites, over a hundred, I believe, along the coast of California. So it's an amazing thing that we're doing, and, and it's called citizen science. Um, if people tag monarchs and if they build their own butterfly garden, you can become a citizen scientist. You can go out and tag if, if you're properly trained, and there are um, you know groups out there, Monarch Watch. Um, here in Arizona, we have Southwest Monarch Study. They will train you on how to tag monarchs. Um, you can be a citizen scientist. Um, we have here at Butterfly Wonderland, we created our own garden. It's our citizen uh, pollinator garden, and people can go and learn about um, the different pollinators out there and what plants they can plant to attract them to your yard. That's interesting. All right, so I always thought that if you touched a butterfly's wing that it would hurt harm the butterfly. So how do you put the tag on it without... Or is that just an old so lifestyle? Butterflies, butterfly, the colors of butterflies are all made up of um, scales, like dust or scales. So we only touch the butterfly in a certain area. We don't, like, okay. multiple touch it. We touch it in one area. Um, and I, I think a lot of people, you know, when they're growing up, their parents might have said, if you touch a butterfly, it dies. And so that's right. not accurate. Um, but it, they still fly even with those scales off. Um, and so okay. that's how you can tell a, a, a fresh butterfly that's nice and vibrant and colorful is a brand new butterfly that just emerged versus one that might be dingy. It might have pieces taken out of it from maybe a beak of a bird. That's mm-hmm. an older butterfly. Um, but it doesn't hurt the butterfly to touch it. We just, we have oils on our fingers. Right. And so we tell people, obviously, here at Butterfly Wonderland not to touch the butterflies because we, the butterflies, we don't want them to get sick with any of the oils, if it's lotions or things like that. Mm-hmm. So we are, you know, trained to hold them in a certain area. We put the tag okay. on it. We re, uh, take a photo of the butterfly, and then we release it. So it, it um, is least impactful uh, to the butterfly. Okay. Is it good to wear gloves? Um, you can. Um, we just, we try to hold it in one spot with the wings closed, and we put the sticker on it. Oh, okay. And then it, it you know, so we're not holding it in multiple spots. Yeah. 
And it's, you put the sticker on the underneath of the wings. On the outside, yeah. There's yeah. an area, okay. there's a dorsal cell that is kind of looks like a mitten or a submarine on the outside wing. Um, and you put it right there, and then you record the number, and you take a picture of it, and it's got an email address and a number, and you let it go. So it, wow. it's it's uh it's you know it's uh, amazing to be able to say that this butterfly that I tagged in September of 2014 was found in February 2015 mm-hmm. was still alive. They travel about 30 50 miles a day. So you know just they're very you know people say that they're delicate, but they actually sent monarch caterpillars up in the space station. Uh, and to see if they could go through zero gravity, and they mm. were able to go through the process of the the caterpillar and then into the chrysalis and emerge uh, and pump that fluid through their wings. And they actually did that in uh, 2009. They sent caterpillars up in uh, the wow. uh, uh, space shuttle. That's cool. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Wow. How about that? I didn't know that. That's pretty interesting. <laughs> huh. So they were their own little scientists there. They were. Huh. So it's amazing how God can make that that little butterfly like that, that to be able to to do that in that time. So I I think it's interesting. It is. It is. And that the monarch, you know, you had said there's flyways from Canada to Mexico. Yeah. And and that's, and I'm hoping I'm thinking that Idaho is in that pathway since um, you have you have your native monarchs and then you could have some that are flying through. Yeah, there's two different you know two different kinds: your migratory butterflies and your non-migratory butterflies. Okay, so hopefully we have both. I don't know. Yeah, I'll have to look. So, um, is there anything else you want to talk to her about? I think is there something that you want to share, Adrian? That Well, I just, again, you know, butterflies are a passion of mine, and so when I share with people these little facts, you know, it's, uh, it is a passion of mine, and I hope that they see when, you know, when they see a butterfly, they see a survivor. At any of the stages, there's something that can prevent it from going on to the next stage, Mm -hmm. and it is so special when we see a butterfly. And um, it's just an honor to be able to share that with people here at, at um, Butterfly Wonderland, but also to share with people that they can plant their own garden and have them in their backyard and be able to, to witness that amazing transformation and metamorphosis uh, with the butterflies. How big do you think a garden needs to be if somebody's, you know, living in town um, or It doesn't in an have to be that big. Butterflies taste with their feet and they smell with their antenna. They'll find it. Right. So even if you okay. have a small patio garden and you just want to put pots, okay. you know, a uh, potting garden out there, you could do that. Um, you know, butterflies will find it if there's nectar and, you know, and plus there's neighbors that have plants as well and nectar plants. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's a great idea to plant a garden and, and bring more pollinators to, to our area. Um. Milkweed, is it annual or perennial? Um, there's, there's both. Um, again, like I said, there's a lot of different varieties. Here in Arizona, we have desert milkweed, and it grows all year round. It can grow in the summer. It grows in the winter. It's vertical. Um, it's a beautiful uh, flower, a cream-colored flower that serves as a nectar plant and a host plant. Uh, but there's others that... Um, just, you know, the, the uh, different elevations and different um, states have different milkweeds. So definitely check with uh, your local uh, areas, mm-hmm. gardens. When I was studying on some of that stuff about the milk, about the butterflies and stuff about the monarch, is it true that some, because of building buildings and cutting down trees and 
and the econ- the states, the way they're building up people in there and stuff. That's what's been taking down some of the butterflies and stuff because there's so much more buildings going up. It's part of it's part of it. There's you know there's um, uh, just cyclical weather changes. Um, there's um, you know the the la- loss of uh, lack of habitat. There's pesticides. Um, the lack of garden, and you know, like you're saying, mm-hmm. you know, the heat island. The, here in Arizona, we call it the heat island, uh, where it's just a lot of buildings and a lot of uh, you know tall buildings and not a lot of gardens. So we're trying to plant more gardens, uh, provide more oxygen um, to the community. Uh, so yeah, it is. Those are all factors that play into that puzzle as to why the monarchs are declining. I know. I know. In <laughs> Idaho, we hear some of the problem is because there's. A lot more farming going on, and the milkweed's been cut down and right. and destroyed because of the farming stuff. So yeah, but we so there's a fine line between needing to eat and and well, surviving. And, and I think you know it, it's okay to do farming, but they can take like the 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 like the gutters here and stuff. It's the edges. Yeah, the edges mm-hmm. and still plant milkweed there. That way yeah, we have and there, there are movements where cities are doing that, you know, mm-hmm. um, especially those, those key monarch states, uh, they are doing that, planting more milkweed yeah. along the floodways. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about putting up uh, signs and stuff around her, asking people to plant milkweed mm-hmm. in the sides of their mm-hmm. fields and mm-hmm. stuff because Absolutely. I want to see... I want to see more monarchs yeah. coming around. We don't have any. I, can't, I don't find any yeah. here. I, I went down to the lower salmon one time, and I seen a whole lot of monarchs down there, and I haven't found any now. Yeah. So, um, well, definitely check out Monarch Watch um, website. Okay. There's tagging events that are happening. You know, um, just more information about where the monarchs are. Um, there's Journey North website that tells you, you know, when the monarchs start um, migrating, they can, you can literally check on a daily basis and see where the monarch okay. migration is. So, so a lot of great websites out there okay. um, as well. All right. So we'll put Journey North and Monarch Watch on, on our website to, for people to get a, do a reference. And we appreciate so much of you being on our show today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being here this week. Be sure to join hosts Annette Smith and Myrna Thatcher for another edition of Abadaddy Girls Speak Out next Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Enjoy the upcoming weekend.